But as we begin our series today and we talk about God speaks, what we really want to do is begin to unpack the idea that we can spend time with God in His Word and we want to deal with the, the barriers and the challenges that go along with that. Today, uh, our message is going to f- uh, focus primarily on why we should read the Bible. You know, because sometimes uh, our motivations and why we should do it, we, we don't really dig deep enough in and understand what it's really about and what it's really for. We know that it's part of our daily routine or should be a part of our daily routine, and we really struggle with that. You know, as we begin today, I want you to understand that if you're struggling to read the Bible, you're not alone. Lifeway did some research, and it says that less than 20%, exactly 19% of the people that they interviewed, spend regular time in God's Word. 19% of churchgoers spend regular time in God's Word. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, I feel like my Bible reading is irregular, I'm not really connected, it's not consistent. You are in the majority. And I think there are some reasons for that. You know, sometimes uh, in church, uh, we, we, in the pursuit of knowing more about God, uh, we can get into the academic pursuit of God's Word, and we can shoot so high over each other's head and dig into the, the, the incredible details of doctrine and theology, which are very important and shape our view of God. But sometimes it's very hard to bring it down to planet Earth. And I think sometimes pastors need to take responsibility. It's one thing to talk about the omniscience of God. And if you're saying, man, I have no idea what that means, it means that God is all-knowing, right? He knows everything. So, great. If God knows everything, so what? Well, that breaks down into our everyday life as meaning that we don't have to have everything figured out. That we can go to the God that knows everything and rest in the fact that we have some gaps that can't be filled and we can trust God to reveal what we need to know to go about our daily life. But it seems like we never really bring these things back down to earth. And I think sometimes uh, pastors are also guilty of creating a system where we make people really dependent on Sunday morning. Just to be honest, you know, I, I don't know about you, But I can't remember a time in church where I was actually equipped to be able to read the Bible for myself. I've been told what it says, what it thinks, its truth, its theology, the art and the skill and being able to open up God's Word and to read it and to study it for myself, to come away with these truths, really happened when I got connected with another believer that said, listen, I want to teach you how to read the Bible. I want to teach you what the Bible is about. I want you to understand the different sections. And, and so what I want to do for you today is I want to give you the tools to be able to do just that. Because I really believe that God wants to speak to you in your everyday life and not just to you through me on Sunday morning. So that's how it's going to go down. So today, as we think about why we should read the Bible, I got seven great reasons for you. And one of them is not guilt, okay? So if you're coming here wondering about guilt, you need to let that one go. Being guilty is not a good reason to read the Bible. So, but there are some great reasons to read the Bible. The first one is that it's God's message to us, all right? This is the first reason. This is God's message to us. We see this in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The, verse, the part of the verse I want you to really focus in on is all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. You know, some of you are going to see in your translations that God's Word is inspired. All Scripture is inspired by God. 
And inspiration is one of those subjective terms in our culture, right? We can look at somebody and they can write something that seems fresh and we can say that's inspired. That's not what it's talking about. When it's talking about inspiration, it's talking about God being the source of what's inspiring. And so a better translation would be all scripture is breathed out by God. And so here's the truth of it. God is all about revealing himself, right? When God created the heavens and the earth, we learn from the book of Romans that he says that we can look at creation and get a sense that there is a sense of order, that there is a designer behind this great design, that there's a God who created everything and that man can at least be aware that there is someone larger than him that's keeping everything in play. We also know that through the prophets, as we read the Old Testament, that God is speaking about this revelation that God is going to show up in person. He's going to introduce himself to humanity. And this is the message of Scripture. And what you see is that whether it's in creation or whether it's through teaching, God has a desire to reveal himself, right? And we know through the New Testament that Jesus is God in the flesh, that God stepped down on the planet. He revealed himself to us and said, listen, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to know what it means to connect with God, you want to know what it's like to uh, see who he is, and if you want to know what it's like to connect uh, every day with him, I'm it. I want you to know who God is, what he's like, and what he desires for your life. And so Jesus is is the introduction of God in the flesh. And then the rest of the New Testament, the record of his life and ministry and his, his message to us is right there in the New Testament so that we can know who God is. See, God wants us to know him clearly. And that's what it's talking about. All scripture is breathed out by God. In other words, God, it's not, we don't look at it and say, well, this is scripture, therefore it must come from God, okay? It starts with God. God breathes out what he wants humanity to know, okay? And so if God breathes it out, then it's considered scripture. (laughs) And this is why there are certain records that we look at, like the Apocrypha and things like that, that we don't see as explicit revelation from God. And so when, when, what it is is that God begins to reveal himself through people. They write this information down. God says, this is what I want people to know about me. This is what can be known about me through history and other sources. And we put this information together and say, this is who God is and what he's like and what he desires for humanity. And this is the Bible. This is the message of the Bible. Now, you can approach the Bible as a list of do's and don'ts, because there are certainly millions of them in there. You can approach the Bible as information. You can approach it as prophecy. You can approach it as literature. You can approach it as a story. You can approach it as poetry, and you can find all those things in there. But in the midst of that, you can't overlook the fact that it's God's message to you and I. So when we read the Bible, that's ultimately what it is. God wants to say something to us, which kind of adds a little pressure, doesn't it? And it also says that it's not just breathed out by God, but it's profitable. Or in some of your translations, it'll say useful. So in other words, it's like God says something, and there's not the things that God says should be held onto and cherished. They're not pointless. And so that means that when we're reading the Bible, and sometimes we come across things and we say we don't get it, it means that we need to kind of dig in for understanding. 
but everything in there has a purpose. It's useful, and it shouldn't be pulled away. And he talks about how it's useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. It equips us and helps us be complete for every good work. And so it talks about that it has these specific uses that are, that are helpful for our everyday life. And so God wants to speak to you, and he wants it to be relevant in the day-to-day experience that you have with him. And so this is God's message to you. And what's different about the Bible is that it speaks to us like no other book. It breathes life into us. Can you think of a time where you've read the Bible and a verse has just jumped off the page and you don't know why, but it just brought you peace? It was just like the exact thing that you needed to hear in that moment. Does that happen all the time? No. Because see, sometimes when God speaks, it's truth applied to that moment. And then other times when God speaks, it's truth deferred to a moment that's yet to come. But God speaks, and it's the message that he wants us to hold on to. And it breathes life into us in a very unique way. And, um, and so we see this in Hebrews 4.12, the first verse that I ever memorized. The word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where the soul and spirit meet, to where joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. See, God's word touches us in such a profound way that it goes right to the depths of our being. It can bring conviction. It can bring hope. It can bring encouragement. But it speaks to us in a powerful way. So that's the first reason why we should read the Bible. It's God's message to us. It's what he wants us to know. Here's the second reason I want to give you this morning, that it provides guidance and instruction. You ever wondered what to do and where to go and what God wanted next? Well, the Bible says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable, useful for teaching. This word teaching is about guidance and instruction, right? And so we look to God's word for instruction, for guidance, so that we know his will. So God's word reveals to us what God desires, you know, and, and a lot of times the way God reveals his will, it's about our character. Our character is to reflect God. We're to trust God. We are to depend on God. And so we may not have specific decisions. God, should I buy this house? What city should I live in? Should I take this job? And if we're looking for specific answers, I don't think you're going to find a verse in there that's necessarily going to tell you that you should be an engineer or a doctor. Um, if you're looking for, should I marry this person or not? You know, and you're just praying that you come across the verse that reveals the name of your spouse. I mean, what happens if you're reading the Old Testament that day and the name Methuselah comes up? You're going to have a hard time finding somebody named Methuselah or the New Testament Dorcas. I mean, you know, specific things God doesn't give you, but he does give you principles to understand his will. And his will is, is that humanity would reflect God's heart, character, and nature, and that we would trust him to move and work in our life, Right? We also look to God for instruction, and Bible teaches, gives us instruction. This is what teaching does. It gives us guidance, and it gives us instruction. And so instruction is all about God's ways, how God does what he does. You know, so that's where we act with honesty and integrity, where we choose the high road and not the low road. We don't take the shortcuts, but we take the way that reflect the heart of God. So we not only do the will of God, but we do it in ways that reflect the heart of God. And then the Bible, of course, is full of knowledge. It helps us to know all about God's character. It helps us to know about the character of humanity. It helps us to know what it's like to uh, walk with God on a day-to-day basis. And so teaching is all about guidance, instruction, and knowledge. And so God breathes out this stuff so that 
we can walk with them. So the Bible speaks to us like no other book because it helps us see a greater perspective. It helps us look at the decisions that we're facing, the obstacles and the challenge and and all of the desires that we have. And it helps us to see things through his eyes. And it helps us to be able to trust him to do what his will and his desire is through our day-to-day life. You know, the book of Psalms is really filled with this. It's an incredible, because when you read the book of Psalms, you're basically reading somebody's spiritual journal on how they come to these deep understandings of God and how they make decisions about their day-to-day life. And Psalm 119 is a powerful one. In verses 102 and following, it says this, I have not neglected your instructions. I've read them. I've kept them close to my heart because you yourself are my teacher. It's like, man, I'm hearing directly from God when I read his word is what he's saying. And how sweet is the taste of your instructions. And so he doesn't see it as a burden or bitter. And they're sweeter than even honey. And your word is a lamp to guide me and a light for my path. And so in this case, this guy's talking about his walk with God and how he connects with Jesus and and how, how the Spirit opens up the word of God to where it helps him see the direction he should point his life and how he should conduct himself in his day-to-day routine. So it's a guide and a light for his path. So God's word, the second reason that we should read God's word is because that provides guidance and instruction. The third reason is that it calls us out of our sin. This is a big one. We see this again back in 2 Timothy 3.16 where it says all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for reproof. It's a word that we don't use much. But the word reproof simply means to expose, to shine a light on. And so there are times where you read the Bible and it's a complete motive and gut check, right? You can read it and it's like, hey, you know, you should love your enemies. And then you're thinking, man, I got some enemies and I don't love them. (laughs) It's very convicting. It's very challenging. You know, we're talking about that we should be thankful. That's, that's another big one for me because you get going through, I get going through my life and busy, busy, busy. And then you read passages like the, the guys that were healed and, and 10 of them, I believe it was, they all turn back and only two of them come back to thank Jesus for the healing. It's like, wow, you know, sometimes I go through my life and I'm not very thankful. Those are all things where it illuminates my life in areas where I sin, okay? Now, sin, as we talk about a lot in here, the definition for that is our rebellion against God, our desire to do our own thing over God's thing, and it's our specific acts of rebellion, so our selfishness and how we pursue our own desires over God's desires. And so the Bible is useful for helping us see life through God's perspective and it calls us out of our rebellion and it calls us out of our selfishness into a relationship with God where we honor him and reflect his character. And the reason we do this is because sin separates us from God. So listen, when we see correction and reproof, he's not condemning us, he's saying, listen, I want you close to me. I want to show you things in your life that are keeping you from seeing me, sensing me, and experiencing me. And God's word is useful for calling us back in to relationship with God. Because see, the Bible speaks to us like no other book because it transforms our hearts and minds. See, when we realize that God's ultimate desire is to love us and restore us in relationship, when we read those do's and don'ts, they're not about harsh rules 
that we have to live up to to get God to love us. They're the very path that helps us connect to God personally without any barriers. We realize that they're the invitation to come close to him. This is a great reason for us to read the Bible. And so when we read across those harsh passages where we don't line up, and if our first thought is, man, God's displeased with me, that's not the message of the Bible. God is calling you out of darkness into a relationship with him. He wants to change your heart and mind by drawing you close to him. We see this in the book of Psalms as well. He says, oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes or your rules. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. And so it's like, this guy's like really into the rules, it appears like, but he's, he's praying about it in a very different way. It's like, man, God, I, I want to keep these things. I don't want there to be any shame between us. I want my eyes to be fixed on what you want. And I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. God, I just, I want to be close to you and I'm not going to run away from these things because they're good for me. Why? He says, I will keep your statutes and do not utterly forsake me. Then how can a young man keep his way pure? So here he is. He's like, man, I'm thinking about all these rules and I see where I fall short. How can I keep them pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So how is he coming out of his darkness and his sin and his rebellion from God? Not by groveling in condemnation, but by resting in the power and the truth of God's word. He's allowing the truth of God's word to guard his heart, to change his heart, to change his desires. This is why we read the word, not to have the rules that we live up to, but to immerse ourselves in this relationship and let that become the desire of our heart so that sin becomes less appealing. That's the third reason. It calls us out of sin. Fourth reason is that it reveals our deceptions, okay? Again, back in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for correction. Now, correction, we think, well, what's the difference between reproof and correction? Well, there's a big Big difference, right? So in the original language of the New Testament, which is Greek in this case, reproof is the negative, you know, the, the, you know, the, the calling you out on what you're doing wrong. The correction part is God calling you up to the standard that he has for you. It's to make you right or make up right or to exhort is a better word. So the word correction here means exhort, which means to call you close to God. And so The fourth reason that we should spend time in God's word is because it calls us close to the heart of God. And we've touched on this a little bit with our last statement. But here's here's where we see it in Psalm 143.8. Again, someone else's spiritual journal with Jesus and how they connect. It says, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. He walked away from the Old Testament not seeing a harsh, angry God, but seeing a passionate God who loves and pursues his creation. And he says, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. See, the Bible, we can read it from two different lenses. We can put on our lenses where we're the center of the story and we don't measure up, and it can drive us away from Jesus. Or we can put the lenses on and we read that this is really about God and his desire 
of pursuing a very rebellious people and a very selfish people because he loves them. And we can realize that it speaks to us and draws us to Jesus. See, this is why God reveals his word. This is why he doesn't gloss over the rebellion of humanity and the sin in the hearts of people. God looks at it and says these things exist, but God. (laughs) And his steadfast love, in his mercy, in his grace, offers a way for you and I to be connected with him. God's word reminds us of that powerful truth. It reveals that passion of God to us. And that's the fourth reason that we should spend time in the Word because it reveals our deceptions, where we think, you know, negatively about God when we shouldn't, when we think negatively about ourselves but shouldn't. It's also where we find encouragement, where God pulls us from fear into faith, where God pulls us out of despair into hope, where God pulls us out of doubt into understanding You know, God speaks in the midst of those things and brings truth. The next reason that we should read the word is that it helps us know God. Now, the difference here is we talked about, you know, at the beginning that it's God's message to us. And then we talked about how it gives guidance and instruction where we can know more about God. But we need a combination of not just knowing more about God. We need to know who he is personally and deeply. We see this in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for training in righteousness. Now, this is a big church word I want you to get. The righteousness is the character of God. When we talk about righteousness, it is the total character of God. When God created humanity in his image before sin, when he created woman in the image of God before she sinned, they were righteous. They accurately and perfectly reflected the character of God. Now, we know that we sin, that we're rebellious, that we, we do our own thing, that even though God's image is on us, we see glimpses of good, but we're not perfect. Uh, we're not holy. We don't accurately reflect that righteousness. But in Christ, because of a relationship with him through faith, he trains us or disciplines us to be back in this image. He, he works to bring this character back out in our life. And see, that's the heart behind it. It helps us to really know God. Because see, when we become more like God, we begin to have his heart and his mind. I don't know about you, but have you ever known a couple that's been married for a long time? Maybe it's your grandparents, they had a healthy marriage, and they could like have a conversation almost without saying anything. They kind of just knew what they were thinking. You ever seen that? It's impressive. It's pretty cool. They have spent so much time together. They have become so much a part of one another's life that they kind of know what the other person is thinking and feeling just by looking at that person. This is the implication that we're talking about here in God's word, that you could spend time knowing the heart and mind of God to be able to rest in this personal experience with him. This is what God wants you to have. Now listen, just like it takes 50 years for couples to get to that point or 30 years or however long it is, it's gonna take you time. It takes a lifetime of experiences. Some of them positive, some of them not positive. So, so I don't want you to think that everything is up and to the right. People grow close through adversity and through, 
through great experiences together, positive experiences together. It all goes into helping one another know one another. And God's word is just like that. And so he trains us in righteousness through his word. So the Bible speaks to us like, in, like no other book because it reveals the heart and mind of Jesus and it helps us begin to embrace and understand and experience that ourselves, to know who he is and what he thinks. And so it's not just about knowing God and God knowing us perfectly. We can venture into that water a little bit and really know God personally and be aware of his presence. We see this in John chapter 17. Jesus is praying for his disciples just before he goes to the cross and listen to what he prays. He says, I have made you known, you being the father here. He says, I've made you known to these who you gave me, to the disciples. He says, I've made those that you gave me out of the world. They belong to you and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word and now they know that everything that you gave me comes from you. So he's saying, listen, you're starting to become one. You're starting to be, know the Father's heart the way I know the Father's heart and I've shared that information with you and now you're starting to understand that what I'm saying to you is what the Father says to you. And so there's this drawing close together, this intimate knowledge of who God is. And then he goes on, he says, I gave them the message that you gave me and they received it and they know that it is true that I came from you and they believe that you sent me. And then he goes on and he prays that this experience would go deeper and deeper and deeper. And he says, listen, I pray that they would become one as we are one, that they would see that, that as you are in me and I am in you, that they are in me and I am in them, that they would have this complete unity, this understanding that there is no separation between them. I really want them to, to be close to you, Father, like I'm close to you. And this is what Jesus offers us through his word and through the Holy Spirit. He says, listen, I've communicated this message. And he brings it about. He goes on earlier in the book in, of John in verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 15, and he says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know his ma what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for, you, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Listen, so many of us approach our relationship with God like he is Lord and I am the slave. And there's an element where that's true, the lordship of Christ. But it doesn't negate the fact that God wants us to be a friendship. This isn't just a functional, I'm the boss of you relationship. This is a personal friendship, an intimate connecting to God to be able to really know him and not just know about him. The next reason we need to spend time in the word is that it equips us to live a meaningful faith. It adds meaning to our faith. We see this again, 2 Timothy 3.16, actually verse 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness that the person or man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Man, do you feel like that? And when you read the word of God, that God has given you everything you need to be to be complete, just as you are, and then to be able to use you to serve him. See, God speaks into your life for you to know that your relationship with him is fulfilling and that that's what God wants you to give away to other people, right? You know, the number of times that you read about in the Bible that make my joy complete <laughs> or my joy has been made complete because I gave it away 
That's what he's talking about. It's like God speaks to me, and then what God reveals to me and what he does in my life, I can give that away to another person. I'm, I'm equipped to be able to encourage, to help, to support, to, to, to direct, to guide another person in their faith. And if you ever had the experience where you've taken something that God has shown you, been able to sit across the table from somebody and share that experience with them and watch their life light up, have you ever felt that moment? It's incredible to know that God has used you to help another person's experience of faith. And that's what he's talking about here. You see, the Bible speaks to us like no other book because it allows our faith to be an everyday experience. See, sometimes when we talk about being used of God, we think of the big things. You know, I've started a nonprofit to rescue people out of sex trafficking, or I've started a church, or I lead a Sunday school class, or I teach kids ministry. All those things are beautiful. But what God wants to do most in your day-to-day life is to be with you in every experience, to give you a little bit of truth that you can encourage your kids with, that you can encourage your neighbors with, that you can personify and show that example to another human being. God wants to be a part of the day-to-day experience. And that is just as big in the kingdom. (laughs) Because see, all work of ministry is about this, It's about pointing people's attention to Jesus. See, God wants to use you right where you are in your day-to-day routine to make a difference in someone else's life. And it's probably more obvious than you think. And what equips us to be able to do that is just storing up the word of God in our life. Just knowing his heart, knowing his mind, knowing more about him, living our life as a day-to-day example. That's a great reason for us to dig in. We see in 1 John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, so it's talking about their day-to-day experience with Jesus, which we've looked upon and have touched with our own hands concerning the word of life, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. So what we have taken in from the word of God, we share with you so that you too may have fellowship with us so that, man, we can share this experience together. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father, so we're not just celebrating together about God's work in our life, we're celebrating God's work in our life with God himself and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. God speaks to you and he wants you to give it away to whoever it is around you so that it becomes, comes full circle, becomes life in you. So let me give you the last reason that we should read the Bible. And it's this. It reveals how we can walk with Jesus. Go back up in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. 
see all of these things about God breathing out his message to us and us taking it in and learning more about him and allowing it to transform our hearts and minds and and all of this, it, it really is a process. And it's looking over the totality of our life in every way that we have become familiar with the word. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. Why? Because they're able to make you wise for salvation through faith. You know, we have a hard time with this word salvation because salvation is talking about God's renewing work in our life, right? That God loves us and because he loves us, he redeems us out of sin and restores his broken image in us. He makes us to reflect his character and nature. That's salvation. Saves us from sin and the penalty and the consequences of that sin and, and begins this renewing work in our life where we can know, love, and follow God without barrier or separation. And we look at that as a moment of conversion. But the majority of the time when you read the word salvation in the New Testament it is a present continual sense. So it's talking about God forgiving you for your past sins and saving you from the consequences of that. That God is saving you now by renewing your character to make you reflect him and that he will ultimately complete that work of salvation when you die and stand before him, that God will be faithful to complete the work that he has begun in you. And so when you read the word salvation, it's talking about past, present, and future work of God in your life. And why should we continue? Why should we hold on to what we have learned? Why should we keep digging in and, and reaching into community and spending time in the word ourselves? Because it makes us wise. It gives us wisdom. It gives us a perspective that is larger than the world that's about salvation, how God's renewing work happens through faith in Jesus Christ. What is he saying? It helps us know how to walk with God, to experience him day to day. See, what's incredible about the word is not just God's breath, God's message to us, but it's also what the day-to-day -day experience can look like for us. It's where we can actually relate to people that are just like us, that have worked past their sin and rebellion to experience a relationship with God. This is why we read. It encourages us, it enlightens us, it changes our perspective. The Bible speaks to us like no other book because it reveals how we can remain connected to Jesus. So that's why we should read the Bible. Ultimately, so that Jesus can be a real part of our day-to-day -day life. 